You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast hosted by me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, we have Adora Udoji, Director of Corporate Innovation at RLab. RLab is a New York City initiative focused on emerging technologies like spatial computing, virtual reality, augmented reality, gesture, voice, and neural networks. Adora is a media innovator, an award-winning storyteller with an expertise in emerging technologies. She helps build new products, teams, and business model strategies. She's also a media maker, including new tech immersive formats like virtual reality and augmented reality, having written and directed experiences for the likes of Google Daydream VR, as well as producer of documentaries and short films. I'm really excited to have her today. Adora, thank you for being with us. Melissa, I'm glad to be here. Always happy to talk to you. Yes, we're going to have an exciting conversation. There's so much to dig in with you. But first, I gave a very high-level overview of our lab, but can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Our lab is a really unique uh, proposition. Essentially, the best analogy I can kind of come up with is, you know, 10 years ago, how many Fortune 500 companies or retail companies had social media managers and or social media teams? Not a lot. Today, just about all of them do. Right. And so over the past 10 years, we've seen the evolution of like, what is social media? What's its utility? What is its value to retailers or others in the, in the marketplace? Um, and we see the same thing happening with these next generation of future interfaces, which are include virtual reality, and augmented reality, as you said, and all the ways that we access our computing power. I mean, for example, Android came out with a, a phone in the last couple of months where you can just wave your hand over it and you can cause the computer to react. You don't even have to now punch in something and or speak to it like with your voice. So essentially, New York City said, you know what, we believe that there's going to be jobs and opportunities down the road. We are a, an enormous economy and we know that our industries, they want to know what that cutting edge technology is. So our lab is a physical space. We live in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. It's almost 17,000 square feet. And as you and I are speaking right now, it's literally the finishings of a um, complete overhaul are taking place. And we have brand new studios and all sorts of very high tech applications and abilities in this space. And we're really excited to get back into it. In the meantime, we do three things. One is we work with startups, so we run all sorts of entrepreneurship and venture programs um, just so we can see how people are using this new technology. And we work with companies from all over the world. Um, the second thing is we have education and training. My colleague Alexis Seely and her team are, are building extraordinary classes so that people can upskill very specifically and technically like motion capture or volumetric master classes for uh, you know, very uh, evolved technology. But we also have classes for non-technologists who are thinking about this technology. So we have classes around strategies, right? If, if you are a manager or in the C-suite and you're trying to figure out like, well, what is this technology and how do I use it? Then she's offering classes and ways for you to think about that. And lastly, um, corporate innovation, which is what I'm responsible for. And I work with Fortune 500 companies across uh, many sectors, you know, from healthcare to retail to media and entertainment, industrial manufacturing, um, and so on. Because these technologies are incredibly disruptive and they're enabling technology. So we're going to be able to take them and use them for our purposes, depending on what area we work in. And obviously we're a community, we're a nonprofit. We're run by the Tandon School of Engineering at NYU. 
along with a consortium of other universities, including um, Columbia University, CUNY, and the New School. So we're a nonprofit. We're trying to drive the use, exposure, and application of these um, new technologies. And so it's a really um, fascinating time. We've been around about a year, a little bit over a year. That is interesting because so much of it is evolving so quickly. And a lot of the conversations that I've been having over the past couple months being in COVID is there's been so much conversation around the possibilities of technology and a lot of the application lived on a company's roadmap to implement over the next three to four years. And so much is being accelerated now to become to the forefront as people are realizing that they need to implement more technologies and consumers are getting more and more savvy to it and adopting it as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think acceleration is the key word here. A lot of it has been, well, let's see what's happening. Ooh, wouldn't that be interesting and nice to have? The technology is not really ready because I need to scale it into my organization, right? Mm -hmm. But what we've found in some of the companies that we've been working with, particularly those who have some consumer application, they see an acceleration. I mean, some of our, 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 our companies have never been doing better. I mean, one of them, for example, is, it's called Poplar. It is a augmented reality, automated two-part marketplace, meaning if you're a brand, they've worked with all of the biggest brands in the world. If you're a brand and you want to launch some sort of social media or digital campaign, you go to them with your RFP and your creative and you, you put out a call um, and then you're matched with you know creators who will then go and execute against this plan for you. Um, and they've had stupendous you know re results. You can just go to poplar.com. And you can see the type of work that they do and it's augmented reality and they, they do filters and, and they create 3D experiences. And, and it's a whole um, it, it step right into the new world at a at very cost efficiently. So it's not an astronomical amount of money that you would go then to spend to try something out, like, for example. But they're experts. They've compiled extraordinary creators um, and technologists from all over the world. And, you know, their businesses, they're accelerating. I mean, another one of our companies at Verti, it's a British company, and it's a VR training platform in healthcare. They rolled out to the National Health Service in the UK, which is the largest health service in all of Europe to about 1 million workers. They were keeping those workers up to date on the latest protocols for COVID. So you just see now that we're all isolated at home, why these digital collaborative tools are even more important than they've ever been. And I think we can all presuppose that moving forward, um, they're gonna be more important than they might've been had we not found ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic. Absolutely. One of the things we've been talking about is an, um, necessity drives innovation, right? So that's kind of the example that you just gave right there. The other thing is, I think people underestimate is how much the capabilities of the phone also drive the possibilities and consumer adoption, right? Because I think people have talked about RFID, for example, forever, but then NFC and, and QR codes, people have been trying to bring to the forefront for years and years and years. And then your phone changed, right? You open up your phone with your camera and it could now read a QR code and that changed the game for it. So it's really interesting. You brought up at the beginning of this call with your Android phone now being responsive with kinetic technology. Um, so how do you, how do you kind of see that roadmap working hand in hand? Is that something that you guys keep in mind? I mean, we're working with so many different people who are exploring all of these variety of applications. And I liken it all the time, Melissa, it's like a big refrigerator, mm -hmm. right? Which is to say, you have all these technological advances that we can now put together in different ways and apply for different purposes. And your point is exactly right. Computer visualization has changed everything. 
Yeah. Right. The ability for a device to see something, whether it's a robotic device, right, and or a cell phone and or a car, right? It's the same technology that's driving virtual reality and augmented reality that's that's gonna allow for us to be driving around in autonomous vehicles. Yeah. And so you have computer visualization, you have advanced algorithms, you have robotics, you have LIDAR sensors, you have all of these sensors. And I know you retailers are really excited about some of these applications, right? About being able to gauge people's mood, being able to gauge their feeling, being able to gauge where their attention is going, whether they're in a store or even if they're online, right? What are you looking at? How long are you looking at it for? What is the most effective way for me to get across the nature of my brand to my potential buyer, right? All of those pieces are being put together in a variety of different ways. And I'm always hesitant to talk about VR and AR as such, because I think the mainstream media has sort of defined what that is when it was not definable per se. What I mean to say is that it's an evolution, right? And so virtual reality, it's not a competition between virtual reality and augmented reality per se, because they're very different bits of technology. Right. And what you're going to be able to do with them are different. And, and each one of them are likely to find their own um, application. VR seems to be very it, right now. And it's, it's very um, commonly becoming even more commonly used in like industrial manufacturing and for training purposes. Training purposes, it's really effective because you're completely immersed in this world. And in fact, at NYU Langone, the medical school, which is one of the top medical schools in the, in the country, they have rolled out um, a series of virtual simulations and 3D anatomy models that they're now using instead of cadavers for first-year students. Because mm -hmm. there's growing evidence that the efficacy of learning is, is that much clearer when you are immersed in a certain way. It's not going to replace traditional education by any means. It's another tool by which people can use. And you have a lot of manufacturers, and this is what they're, they're looking to some of these technologies as collaborative tools, as design tools, as people being able to, designers are able to work in a virtual space together when they're thousands of miles apart. That's a, you know, a, a possibility that is really important to many people moving forward around being able to collaborate across borders, right? Augmented reality is different. Right. I mean, it's it's, it's the, the nature of what that technology is, um, is, again, going to continue to evolve. But they're made up of similar pieces of the computer visualization of the power of you know computing power. Right. And also we have 4G. We couldn't have done a lot of this with 3G like 10 years ago. And then we have 5G coming. And so that is going to increase the amount of power and bandwidth that these digital applications are going to have will have access to in order to run more smoothly. But that's so interesting, all that you talk about. Um, one of the things on your site and, um, you know, on the calendar to come is you talk about breaking down what does 3D scanning do and how does that help as a creative tool and a storytelling medium? 3D technology is like a baseline for a lot of these evolving technologies, which is to say it is the ability to take, to scan something and show all the dimensions as opposed to something being 2D, right? So in other words, none of us are two by twos. You know, we have heads and we have arms, we have legs and we have depth to our, our bodies and we have depth to the way that we're sitting or lying or standing in the space around us. 3D technology manages to capture that so that you see someone, you're taking a picture of someone or something with all of its depth. And so you have the ability, there's very, there's free, you can download some apps on, you know, in the apps, various app stores where you can have 3D scanning technology um, for free even. And so 
it's much more human-like. It looks much more realistic, mm-hmm. right? It's much more like actually being somewhere when you're looking at the picture, right? Because you see the depth and the angles of the people, the things and the places that it's placed in. And so this is a critical ability when you take a look at the new platform for creating content. So if you're a marketer, a brand builder, you're in sales, you're trying to sell things in retail or in any way, shape or form, the more that you can make something look realistic and feel realistic so that I scan my body, I try on those sneakers, I see what they look like on me before I get to the store or when I'm in the store. I don't actually have to take off my clothes to get a sense of, ooh, I like these. This is how they fit on my body. My body is a 3D instrument, Mm -hmm. as is everyone else's. So the content platforms like Unity and Unreal, they're 3D gaming engines that traditionally have been used to generate games, which we know is a trillion dollar industry. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it's a huge industry, Mm -hmm. right? We know this. And they have been very aggressive and innovating against graphic cards, right? Innovating against interactivity, innovating the the, uh, Unity and Unreal and and, and Adobe and some of the others too. But but the the game engines have really focused on this, right? They've been rolling out games, you know, in the last 25 years or more. I mean, I'm not an expert in the gaming, but my point is just that now we all have access to these engines. And so we can create 3D content that's now interactive. We can create a variety of, we can animate uh, this content that we're creating. So if you're going to do an ad on for mobile or you're going to do an ad for, you know, the digital world, the, the what you're going to be building is going to look very different because you have these new abilities that you didn't ge- weren't generally accessible because like you couldn't even distribute them on a mobile phone like f- five years ago. Now you can, right? I mean, AR, Apple has done an amazing job of rolling out these little tidbits and sort of teasing us all, right? With these little drummers and you can place the drummer on your kitchen floor and let the drummer like, you know, walk down your, your kitchen floor and it looks like a real object that's in your kitchen moving around that you can manipulate. You just couldn't do that before. And we could do that now. And so the 3D, the ability to capture that, that person, place, or thing in, th- in three dimensions is critical to them being able to build on that. Absolutely. I mean, for our work in retail, you know, before we bring a space to life, it's almost, it's, it's crucial. I mean, clients need to see that aspect of it and be able to kind of understand what it would be like to, to walk through it. And it's, it's an interesting transition as we go is this is how we, we give the 3d dimensions to your story. The other thing is as VR, and you mentioned a little bit by uh, Verdi and, and talking, but what they've done with the healthcare system, but how is VR changing the way we build environments? Well, we've gone through this period, right? I mean, in real life and the brick and mortar where everything's experiential now, right? So it's not about this, just this transaction that when I come into your store, or even if I come up to your website, I'm looking for some kind of experience. We have a lot of retail sites. I mean, I just signed up with one. I absolutely love it. I won't, I'm not trying to promote it, but, but they do a really good job of machine learning, right? What they, so they ask you all these questions about your style, your style, and then they send you a box. Um, and I have found them to be incredibly like I find their their machine learning really pretty spot on. I was kind of surprised because machine learning and artificial intelligence is still in, in its infancy. People tend to think that somehow artificial intelligence is already a fully realized technology. It's not. 
I mean, it spent decades and decades in research in all sorts of universities and labs all over the world for many, many years. But it's only been in the last couple of years that we're now commercializing those products and they're being made widely available to save retailers and and across industries, right? Unless you came from deep tech or, or the science industry previously. And so it's fascinating to me. There's two things that I find fascinating, particularly in retail. One is this has been a lo- this has been a long, slow transition in retail. Yeah, long and slow and crumbling. And everyone's seen the pileup, you know, the seven thousand car pileup, like three miles ahead. But it's fascinating to me how much reticence there's been of trying any of these new technologies. You have to go to where people are. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, you know, and they're increasingly not going into the stores. I mean, I don't think we're ever not going to shop completely, but you have increasing presence in the digital world. I can't imagine that your daughter and my daughter, right, are going to spend lots and lots of time in a store when they're our age. It's really hard to imagine that to me. Right. Right. Because they're going to have all these variety of other tools that, gonna, that are going to mimic and recreate that experience of being able to shop, feel it, touch it try it on. I agree that it's going to take so much more to get them to go in person. I mean, the bar is going to be so much higher. What, Way higher. What makes me go in person to my select few uh, experiences that I know are going to be differentiated and everything else I can kind of do virtually or online. Right. And so I guess my point is, it's like, I spent a lot of time talking about don't quit your day job. Nobody's <laughs> suggesting that you take all of your budget and then you fuel it into this new technology. What's confusing to me is not taking that 1% or 5% of your time and your resources and truly prototyping how you might use some of these new technologies. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they don't do more of it. I just don't. And, I, and, I, and what I hear a lot is, well, we don't have the money. Well, you're certainly not because you're not going to be around. You're not going to be around. And this is actually one brand from you know almost two years ago. It's like, okay, well, it's like somebody's going to win. There yeah. are always winners with every technological innovation. Buying clothes, buying goods is not going away. We need things in order to survive. So you can either decide that you're going to try to be part of that winning team or you're not. And there's no way we're going to stop innovation because that just doesn't happen. We're always evolving. Right. And so figuring out a really smart, strong strategy, I think Nike is a really good example. They bet on innovation from day one. Yes. Right. I mean, they've been in it a long time before anyone else. And guess what? It's working for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's hard to understand how. And I think the makeup companies have been doing an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Of like of rolling out like some of these AR um, and really experimenting with it. Um, obviously, Ikea has done an amazing job of, of uh, you know, those confusing instructions. Or at least I <laughs> found them to be like, I'm like, how do you put this table together? But now they have, you know, an AR app that will help you. Put yes. your stuff together. I mean, so I think that there are some examples of companies that are looking at this and taking it seriously and rolling it out and not being afraid to not get it right the first time because nobody's going to get it. It's not perfect yet, but but it is definitely moving to a place where we're standardizing some of these things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up uh, cosmetics because it's definitely people ask me about augmented reality all of the time. And I always bring them up as such a key example. Part of it is is testing the technology. But I think there's what you have to remember, uh, and and you know this very well, I'm sure, is you can't do something that completely changes consumer behavior. So for an order of technology to be successful, right. you have to understand the existing behavior and how do we enhance that. And that's why, to me, cosmetics and augmented reality is so intuitive. 
Yes. And I also think, but it's also about consumer behavior. We use our phones all the time. Mm -hmm. We, we look at pictures all the time, right? We like to engage with those pictures all the time, right? So just experimenting like with what that might mean, you know, uh, in terms of engagement, Mm -hmm. you know, in your sales cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just don't feel like, I honestly don't feel like industrial manufacturers have been way on this. They're just, they're far more engaged in general, I find. Um, and you find more consistently across the board that whether it's pharmaceuticals to, you know, aviation or whatever, like they are experimenting like crazy people on trying to figure out how to use this technology in a materially valuable way. I just don't see that in retail. It's really, it's like uh, hodgepodgey. I mean, I see the experience or sort of the pop-ups that people are doing and creating the experience like sort of in the building. I just don't see a consistent commitment across the board to like experimenting with these new technologies. And, and the day is just going to come where it's going to be ubiquitous. And, and we can see that now. We, we already know. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that is an exciting time with this being accelerated. I, I think of my, my mother who's, um, I won't say her age, mid sixties, but <laughs> she, she was tired of, of her hair just turning gray being home in quarantine. And I directed her to Madison Reed who has an AR right, app yeah. and mm-hmm. she downloaded her first AR app and she used it and she found her color and she ordered it and she had to tweak it a little bit, but now she's ordered from them for her third time and she's a customer, you know? Yeah. And she's not probably the demo that they would think. I think people think technology is for millennial or Gen Z or just specific generations. But what we're seeing now, we're all been stuck at home. We're all being forced to adopt it. So across the board, there's an opportunity across generations for this adoption of technology, which I think is exciting. What's brilliant about what you just said to me, because what I hear is Madison Reed got it right and how they designed that product. Mm -hmm. If if your mom... Uh, can 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 download it and just with great ease, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter your age, actually, but if you can create a good product that fulfills the need and there's no friction for me, who's not happy, right? She's happy. She got what she wanted. It it sounded like it was, I haven't used that app, but I'm aware of it. The way you just described it, it sounded like it was pretty frictionless because that's what you need, right? You need it to be well-designed so that your consumer can actually use it and not be too frustrated by it, in which case they're not going to try it again the next time. So it's like this, you know, this catch as catch can. So that's, that's, they're winning in my mind. Like Madison Reed, go ahead with your bad self because (laughs) they're going to continue to iterate against that because I would, I would, I would guess that a lot of people have probably found it to be you know, uh, a comfortable experience and to get, get what, getting what they need. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's got to, it has to be all about frictionless. So before we wrap up, you're sitting in the heart of it being with the, um, at our lab and you're seeing so many exciting companies and, and possibilities. Mm-hmm. What are you personally most excited about in terms of innovation coming to fruition in 2021? I'm most excited about, God, there's so many things because it's all converging, you know, as I said before, but just to back it up, I mean, one of the things that I'm really excited about is this next generation of technology is not going to look like the last 25, 50 years of technology, I would argue, which is to say, it's not so much top down, right? Where somebody gives you a smartphone and they say, we don't care what you use it for. Or somebody gives you PowerPoint. You know, you could be a surgeon, you could be a comedian. You could you, you can use it for whatever your purposes are. It's agnostic as to the user. A lot of this next generation of technology is actually specific to industry, in which case you need the technologists and the subject matter experts to be sitting together to um, understand like how you apply these things. And what's exciting to me about that is it opens the door for a lot more participation of women and people of color because 
women and people of color are, are experts in all kinds of areas from, you know, healthcare to, to retail, to, you know, media and entertainment, to, you know, architecture and so on and so forth, where a lot of these exciting applications are, are, are rolling out. So I think I like this collaborative aspect. And I think when you have that many brains at the table, you're going to come out with some extraordinary things. And so I'm excited to see what various industries develop and what becomes best practices and, you know, best sort of optimization of these technologies. That's I'm excited about that. Number one, number two, I think that we're just getting better with these applications actually working. I mean, you just gave an example, you know, Madison Reed, I think L'Oreal has some interesting cover girl has some interesting, um, I think the things that Nike has been doing, mm-hmm. I mean, they've just been really at the, at the forefront of things. And so you, there's a lot of, you know, again, Ikea and Amazon, they also have like a 3d, like if you want to buy some furniture. So I think that you're just going to see them more consistently rolling out more applications that are more obviously valuable. And I think we will see more of that in 2021. In terms of how that rolls out, I think it's always difficult to say because all of these companies, everyone's in a bind right now. I mean, this is really unprecedented in so many ways. And so um, which companies are going to uh, step up and really see innovation as a way to maintain a competitive advantage and as a core competency moving forward? I, I wouldn't even hazard to guess because I think there's a lot of people in boardrooms from you know one end of the world to the other trying to figure out exactly what that looks like and what their plans look like, what their companies look like, you know, in the next year, two, three. Absolutely. No, it's, it's so true. I think it's, I think it's important that there's always a, a group of companies and look, a lot of this technology ta- does take money, right? And, and internal capabilities. But I love with Nike and some of these guys just push the envelope. And even though not everybody can achieve what they do, the thought process of it and the conditioning it does of consumers and just unlocking the possibilities are really exciting. Yes. Cause I think that our consumers expect it. Right. 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 They're expecting to be challenged in some way, or they're expecting to have some kind of new experience, or they're expecting, and that's not an easy thing to build. But I also think that, you know, out of the ashes, you always have some unexpected folks step up. So I don't know what that means at retail, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I bet you, I bet you anything, Melissa, if you and I have a conversation two years from now, we're going to say, can you believe that so-and-so and such-and-such that they managed to do, you know, X, Y, Z? Right. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to, it's already gotten really interesting in a very condensed period of time um, in the past three months. So I think it's going to be really exciting and interesting. This was a great conversation to dive into. I feel like we can talk for for a very long time because there's so much we could touch upon in a deeper way. Um, But it was good just to, just to cover what we did for the audience. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question I've been asking. Um, You know, we have, you know, working from home for the past few months and and now the world's starting to open again. What, what's on your list of like top two to three things to do or go visit uh, when we go back to the, whatever the new norm is going to be? I don't know. It's just like, I find myself, I don't know, like you or anybody who's listening, I wake up every day the last like three, four months and I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? Like, it's just so hard to wrap my arms around like what these next steps look like. I'm totally staying in the day and the week, Melissa. It's like, I can't, like my brain just can't quite wrap itself around like what it looks like when we're, you know, in our like next new normal. I mean, there's just so many big questions and I I just, I don't even know. I don't even know how to answer that. It's a great question. (laughs) Clearly I have no problems talking. I just, I don't, I I just don't even know. Like it's so, 
it's so hard. I'm just trying to be where I'm at, I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better word, right? Uh, I have, I have this, my grandfather, my mother's Irish, and my grandfather used to always say, never wish for time to pass because you, you only get so much of it. And so I've like translated that into like be where you're at. Um, and so it's just advice I hear ringing in my head all the time. He's a very wise Irish guy. And, you know, and that's just worth thinking about a lot these days because every week it's like, you know, I mean, Black Lives Matter, the, the, the whole, it just exploded, right? And then yes. now you've had all these cascading, like, real changes. I mean, New York State has just adopted Juneteenth as a holiday. I mean, so it's like you, there's evolution that we just, could we have managed into this six months ago? I I don't think so. I, I love that you said that because I do think it is so important and people have lost so much scope of that. And I kind of can tie it into tech. We're just so hyper-connected to everything all the time, every second, from the minute you wake up to you go to sleep and people forget to just be happy where you are. That's great. That's a great reminder. Yeah. It's a great reminder. It's very healthy. <laughs> we need that. We need that right Practice. now. Yes, exactly. Practice. Well, that's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much to you and your birds for being with us today. <laughs> You are so welcome. I'm happy to join you anytime, Melissa. Okay, great. Everyone, this was Adora Udoji from Our Lab. This was a great conversation about really the possibilities and, t- and trends in technology. Until next time, this is Retail Refined.